Hey, what's going on, my friends? It's the 13th, I believe it's the 13th of April, 2020. I do apologize about the background noise. Got a fucking rainstorm that I'm recording this podcast in. But I got some things that I want to talk about, so hopefully it's salvageable. You can hear it. Talking right into the friggin' microphone port. So, Easter was great. Listen, we had a nice uh, family event. We made a, Lily and I made some bread, some home baked bread. It's friggin' awesome. Made it into like a braided thing. Basically, took six cups of flour and added some spices and such rosemary. Salt and pepper, uh, onion powder, shit like that. Well, we'd normally make into three separate loaves. We made into three, like, big fat noodles, and Lily braided them. And we baked it like that, put a little uh, scrambled egg wash on the top. It was delicious. And you know what? I think I'm going to have some of that when I go home for lunch right now. We had a Zoom conference with the family, and it was kind of messy and stressful. Just because, you know, you got kids in the background, friggin' squealing and stuff like that. Other people trying to take turns to talk. But it was good to see everyone, and that everyone is healthy. Got some friggin' one family member. Yeah, we got a pretty, pretty astute squared away family this is talking about my wife's family they're all good <clears throat> but one of them said the daughter-in-law said uh, yeah you know we need to open things back up we really need to we need to get people back to work and all I'm like yeah you know but she said it from a point of view apparently that you know like what are we doing you know, why are they shutting everything down? Shut everything down. It's a fucking pandemic, man. Like, have you read the news? Have you have you seen what's going on? We've got more deaths, more infections. We are winning. We are making America great again with the friggin' levels of this pandemic that's affecting our society. Main Street, USA. <clears throat> it's scary out there. So, I thought that was kind of an ignorant comment. Literally ignorant. She must be listening to a, a certain news source that, you know, the right wing is stereotypically chomping at the bit to get back at it to work. I'm fucking right. Listen, I work today. You know, I, I want to work. I want to know how I'm going to provide for my family going forward. I think we all want to get back to work and, ironically, back to the norm. However, we got some shit that's transpiring right now, and we really need to make educated decisions. On that note, <clears throat> I just saw that there was a post by another person I love and respect who was saying that uh, some doctor, Dr. Uh, Indian last name, Dr. Vishna or Visha or whatever, he suggests that we need to fire the guy Fauci, who has been basically a, a common under fire 
a calm in the storm. Uh, 70-something-year-old career epidemiologist, scientist who has no agenda trying to disrupt the American, you know, American dream, commerce, etc. But there's segments, uh, conspiracy theorists on the right side who are saying, <clears throat> suggesting that we should fire him because he's just out to get Trump. And all Trump wants to do is get us back to work. Listen, I'm not going to talk too much shit about our president. I've done a little bit of that. But even, in fact, I think he even posted on uh, Twitter or reposted a tweet that said fire, like the hashtag fire Fauci. Which, if if he did that, he's a fucking idiot. Because Fauci and Burks and the, the scientific team that they have that have been making calls and decisions. And first of all, you think that they're like operating in a vacuum. You're crazy. They've got the entire world, um, world's worth of scientific minds that they are looking toward and listening to, to help make these decisions as to what we should do and what the best strategy is to quell this pandemic. So the notion that it's somebody's fault is, again, human efforts to anthropomorphize the enemy. It's got to be somebody fucking up, somebody making a call. Even the people that are saying that it's Trump's, it's all Trump's fault, which, as the president, commander-in-chief, he certainly deserves some of the blame. He's the guy in charge when all this went down. I don't think he wanted it to happen. I think, in fact, he was hoping that it didn't happen and he was reluctant to make calls that would affect the American economy, which is a measure of our health as well. You know, definitely going to have consequences that people are out of work and so on and so forth. You know, it's a situation that no one wants to be in, but everybody's trying to get through. And we get through by, by think, by thinking with a level head and sticking together, in my opinion. But there's still a lot of people out there that are content, especially the longer this goes on, they're content to uh, try to score political points. It's like a conspiracy against Trump or it's... Whatever. You know, people are going to make mistakes. Everyone's going to make mistakes. Everyone's hopeful that we can open up the economy. Everyone's hopeful that we're going to get a vaccine or that we're going to get treatment set will be worth a shit and can help us mitigate this. But there are some people who are just woefully uninformed and unprepared to really, you know, it's like they haven't been following this. Any, any sort of credible sources. Uh, one of the articles that I read last night was particularly alarming to me. It was about this company called Biomed or Biogen, something like that. And what happened was, this is like a pharma company that I guess has been around for quite some time. 
And in early February, when they knew this virus was out there, but it was in the early days for our country, they had a freaking meeting, like an elite big pharma meeting in Boston. And they had people, I believe people who had come over, some scientists had come over from Italy and Europe, perhaps even Asia, to attend this meeting. Well, as all the people left the meeting, they were optimistic about the meeting, and they had a a drug that was supposedly quite promising to treat Parkinson's disease, I think. Let's say it was Parkinson's disease. And it had, there was some data that didn't support its, its effectiveness there, and then all of a sudden, there's a shitload of data that comes back and says, at a different, um, at a different dosage, it was actually very effective. So, they were optimistic that now this drug was going to sell and make them billions of dollars. Anyway, that was a big part of what this meeting was about. But all these big pharma executives and shit are there, and they're all shaking hands and eating from the same buffet and doing the European kiss on both cheek shit. These fuckers go home from their meeting, and they go all across the country, and some of them back to uh, Europe. So they all start getting sick. And ultimately, the call was made, hey, you know probably shouldn't have had this fucking meeting. So how about that shit, right? That sucks. Here we are, a company that is trying to help, that is trying to produce these medicines, do the science, get these drugs out there that could potentially treat or resolve this this issue, this coronavirus, and they're out there conducting business and they get it, and they bring it back to their families. I mean, one of the guys, the doctors, like the head of of uh, head one of the head medicine doctors, pharmacy guys, whatever, for this company, he goes home and infects his wife, who is like a, <clears throat> a head epidemiologist somewhere. Another employee of this company goes back to China panics and leaves, they go back to China and now has since been fired. Long story short, these people who, this is the business that they're in, kind of, sort of, they're coming down with coronavirus and in fact represent a significant spread of this virus. Maybe they thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. Maybe they were hoping that they could just continue to work and, and function. I mean, again, there's so much at, at stake. There's so much commerce at stake. So much money to be made. So much, you know, the big locomotive that is the American economy that I've referenced before. With all of its power, it's very difficult to slow down and stop. And once again, there could be problems, significant um, problems as a result of, of doing that, of of sending everyone home. So what do we do? 
I've heard different hybrid models about how the younger workforce, kids and adults, young adults, we go back and we keep these companies running while risk individuals stay home. How are we going to pay for that? How are we going to account for that? Who knows? I'll tell you what, though. I just passed, and this is a new news bulletin from over the weekend. I just passed this this slaughterhouse, JBS. Apparently, it's in Southerton, Pennsylvania. It's one of the biggest uh, meatpacking plants in the world, which I did not know. So these these companies, local, this is like three miles away from my house, and there's another one up in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, and others in the area in Pennsylvania and New York, they're workers. They've gotten ill. There's a, a hunt, more than 100 workers from this uh, plant in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, that have fallen ill. Now, these people, mind you, I mentioned this before, I think, this is a segment of our population that is particularly poor and lives in around here. I know from some of the um, patients that I've treated, these are people who are recent immigrants, if they even have, even if they're even legit citizens of our country. They live in communities like Redding and Allentown, where there's large communities of these recent immigrants to the country and they're relatively low income areas nobody wants no American wants to cut up meat and dismember fucking livestock it's not it's not on the the uh, jobs wanted in our society not people lining up to do that job so these people will be vanned in, bussed in, or they'll drive to work at one of these meatpacking plants where your average individual never gets to see the inside and the workings and how our product, this product, is brought into market. It's pretty, pretty gory shit. Um, much has been discussed about that in our society, about how kids don't know where hamburgers come from. They think they're born in hamburger patches. So, anyway, these people come in, they all live in relatively close quarters, in, most of them in urban, urban environments, in the communities that I mentioned, and somebody gets sick, they still got to go to work, they got to put food on the table, uh, it's supposed to be just like the flu, I will be okay, they're all working shoulder to shoulder with sharp fucking knives and shit, machines in this warehouse, in these freezers, and... As a result, they've spread this shit. So now that JBS that I just mentioned, they closed. I just remarked about a week ago how, thank goodness, the parking lot was full. It was good to know that the essential workers are, in fact, getting it done. So these essential workers in food production, in our grocery stores in our um, assembly plants, manufacturing, in our uh, civil servants, post offices and shit like that. 
they're out there. They're working. They're dealing. Um, they're operating while this virus spreads. And they are among the most likely individuals to get this. And at the end of the day, they go home. And if they don't have any symptoms, they're not getting tested. And so they could be giving it to their families, their friends, and anybody else they are interacting with during this this very volatile time. I mean, I'm seeing five patients today. Five people. Uh, let's see. One. Well, five people. Each peop- each person has a, a sphere of influence during a pandemic of maybe, I don't know. Normally, for marketing purposes, it would be. 250 people sphere of influence, right? But maybe during the pandemic, let's say it's 20 or 30, 50 people that come and talk that in which this could exponentially spread. Two. And I'm out and about in this. Somebody during a, uh, a family Zoom yesterday said, how, how are you protecting? Are you working? I said, oh, I see about a dozen patients a week. How are you doing that? You're using a full body condom like a uh, Nick Drebin from Naked Gun. It's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'll pass the fire department here. It says, stay home, stay safe. I would love to do that. I'm going to go undress in the um, garage now and take a shower before I have to go back in the PM. Once again, I'm at a trickle. I'm not seeing too many patients, just people who are really hurting that otherwise might have to go to the ER, but it's a concern, and it's a concern not to work, not to not to be able, as a small businessman, so don't go out unless you absolutely have to. Well, I don't know. I don't, uh, is somebody going to come bail me out? Am I going to get that paycheck protection program? Am I going to get the unemployment compensation that I, um, filed for the other day? Am I going to get a disaster loan? I have no fucking idea. I saw an article come across the email that Tractor Supply is looking for employees. <laughs> you know, part of me wants to say, hey, you know what, in this surplus time that I have, at some point in the near future, if we don't solve this thing within the next month, I'm going to do something like that. I'm going to be on my teaching and seeing a few patients at the office weekly, I'm going to find some online job or I'm going to go stock shelves in a grocery store just because I want to bring in, bring home the bacon for my family. And also, I want to be useful. At some point, we're going to have to come out. We're going to have to work. I'm pulling into my nice four-bedroom home in the country here that's seven years old. We had it built. You know? This is my home. This is my castle. This is my where I raise my family and put food on the table and watch movies and play with my dog. And this is my community. This is my hill that I live on. And the notion that things could get so bad that that would somehow change, that I would have to struggle or 
sell my business or apply for some sort of crazy relief or go stand in a bread line or something like that. I hope that that doesn't come to pass. I'm prepared for anything, but... So it's a very interesting time right now. As the rain goes pitter-patter, I'm thinking about these things. But I don't believe that this is some sort of joke. I've, I'm well too, I'm entirely too well read on the science of all this and what is available anyway. There's still some uncertainty and predictions that we really can't entirely make. But the numbers rise and people die. 20,000 people in America have died. We have 500,000 infected. Think about the notion that if somebody were to come, you know, if I were to, to contract the coronavirus, I would have to I would have to make my own bed. I'd sleep down in the basement on an air mattress and go through the back door and they'd put a dish down there or whatever. Who fucking knows? Like some animal, like uh, Count of Monte Cristo, put a knock on a little door and stick a friggin' my dinner underneath it couldn't leave the house the fuck am I going to do down there you know I would be separated from my family as of now I've been hugging and kissing my family and spending time with them enjoying our time together trying to extract something positive from this time trying to quarantine and at the same time stay functional stay motivated continue to do my job and stay motivated but this is most certainly surreal time in closing it's fucking raining cats and dogs there are tornado warnings earlier my friend one of my patients earlier her family's from Tennessee tornadoes came through and tore up the community Tennessee Mississippi you know some people can you imagine Somebody's roof getting torn off during one of these storms. Somebody losing their home. The hell they're going to live. And how do you pick up and operate and do all the things you need to do when some other horrible situation has befallen you? And I think about some of the things, the television we've been watching, trying to trying to stay motivated, trying to get some laughs in. We watched... Um, Waterboy from Adam Sandler the other day it was great. I'm looking at the things that we, things that were even in parody in a comedy like that. Look at Bobby Boucher. Well, he lives out in the swamp with his mom, but football is the central figure. How important it is to win and to work as a team and to believe in one another. We can't play football right now. I'm watching Ozark, and I'm looking at all these crazy, villainous, complicated uh, characters. It's unbelievable. And I'm looking at the things that are mattering to them. Everybody's trying to make a buck. Everybody's trying to pull a scam. 
I mean, I was telling my patient, I, I think it's great entertainment, great television. There's something that draw, that really draws us in to these stories. But I'm an optimist. I like to think that people are good. Now, I think that every human being has a little bit of the devil in them. It's like we've got an angel and devil on our shoulders. No wonder that's a very common depiction. Like in the cartoons, there's always a, a devil on Tom's shoulder that's saying you should smash friggin' Jerry with the hammer or whatever. And the angel says, no, you got to take care of Jerry. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting to see those kind of those roles kind of suggested and tickled, suggested to the viewer. It's interesting. But I'm just taking a look at some of the things that people in in day to day life and in the depiction in the movies, things that matter to them, things that make their lives their lives um, interesting and challenging and wonderful and terrible. Fucking crazy times, my friend. Let me go and eat lunch. Love you.